and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 21, titled, amazingly, Are the Kardashians Losing Their Grip? So, to preface, um, like most people on planet Earth, um, I keep up with the Kardashians. Um, I would say over the past few years, you know, I follow them all on Instagram. I'm interested to see what they're doing, what their business ventures are, what they're wearing, you know, all that jazz. And I think it's important to say that to start off this episode. It's important context um, because this episode is a little bit on the negative side towards the Kardashians and I wanted to kind of make sure that I started off by saying not so much that I was like a mega fan because I've never been like super into like any of them but they do intrigue me I find them mega interesting mostly from like a PR marketing standpoint like you cannot deny what they've done kind of socially culturally in the world of social media PR marketing is fascinating um also their whole story it's like a truly modern kind of like rise to fame so all of that mega interesting um so for the past few years I feel like they've been doing really well you know they had Kylie Cosmetics which was an incredible company she's now a um alleged billionaire not sure about that but hey ho um and they've brought out a stream of really successful business ventures um you know you've got uh, 818 uh, tequila which um, was met with not so great um, responses in the beginning but now seems to be doing really well um, you have skims obviously which is the main one to know I think in terms of brands that have done well um, also along with 818 didn't have the best start in life um, I'm sure you all remember the kimono scandal where that's what she wanted to call the brand and then Japan was literally like um can you not um but Skims now is obviously like one of the leading um shapewear brands like you know I would argue that they're even bigger than like your heritage brands like Spanx for example you know if you want your bra and pants everyone seems to be going to Skims um and then you have Good American with Khloe Kardashian obviously it's not like a huge huge thing but a really big brand within itself like I've noticed that it's stocked in most major retailers so they're clearly you know making moves behind the scenes um and there's many more but I'm not going to go through each individual business venture because obviously that would take all day and that's not what this podcast is about um also the you know Kim's association with Kanye and his input into all of her businesses how much she was involved in the success of Yeezy being the model the muse the face of all that jazz it's a lot but I felt like they were doing really well um so obviously they ended their keeping up the Kardashians um stint uh, I can't even remember where they were before um, before they moved over to Hulu. Oh, E! E! That's it. They were with E um, since the beginning. I think they did like 20 seasons and then decided to call it a day. And I feel like at this point, they were very... There was, you know, obviously there's going to be people out there who hate the Kardashians. I get it. But I feel like their public perception was very positive. You know, they were leaning more into these like business mogul marketing genius people and people were interested 
So then they start their new show on Hulu. First season goes really well. Um, I think they had like the highest ratings they've ever seen. Um, you know, all great, all good stuff. Obviously, you have your scandals here and there, but generally, I feel like over the past few years, the public consensus have been have been in favour of the Kardashians. So, what is happening recently? So you've got somebody like me who you know, I dabble, I like to keep up with them, I follow them all on social media. The past kind of few months, maybe this year actually has been like a bit of a a rocky road for them. I cannot stand seeing them on my homepage. Like, I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is, hence why I'm making this episode, but I can't stand it. Like, whenever I see one of them post, I'm just like, Oh, please stop. I honestly they've they seem to have really like U-turned um in terms of how people are viewing them and what they're viewing them for. And I think this um comes from a multitude of places, which I think is quite interesting in terms of how people are perceived, how brands are perceived. So I thought we could discuss it. So the first point that I wanted to touch on was Miss Kylie Jenner. So obviously Kylie is known for, um, she used to be really big on Snapchat, if anyone remembers back in the sort of 2016-17, you know, King Kylie era, Snapchat was her thing. And she would constantly be posting, you know, casually in her car, like out and about. It was very like, I'm a normal person vibes. Um, so she she obviously stopped doing that over the years. She complained about Snapchat and now Snapchat basically doesn't exist. Um, Again, another episode for another day. But now she kind of is using her Instagram stories and TikTok as a very similar thing, like a similar vibe. So she started doing very casual, like get ready with me, where she literally puts on like jeans and a t-shirt and calls it a day. Um, You know, putting on her lip gloss and lipstick in her car. And that is where this recent, most recent kind of discussion has come from. Um, so apparently she made a TikTok where she was applying, um, you know, her Kylie Cosmetics lipstick or whatever in her car and everyone was commenting on it being like, why are you pretending that you drive yourself? Because <laughs> obviously people are aware of her wealth and her social sta- status, I was going to say status, sh- social status, um, social status and they're like, come on girl, you are not driving your own car. <laughs> Which, like, I think they forget that, like, the members of the public are not so easily fooled. Like, the members of the public are aware. Um, So she then makes a TikTok responding to it. And she's like, guys, I really do drive my own car. And it was really quite funny. um, Because she was literally trying to convince people that she does drive her own car. And... In the TikTok, this is honestly so ridiculous, but she drops her lip, she drops, not her lipstick, sorry, she drops her phone and she's like, oh, I dropped my phone. And people are now duetting that TikTok, being like, oh girl, you're so relatable, you're so normal, look at her dropping her phone like a normal person. And people are just not having it. Like, gone are the days where we watch Kylie Jenner on Snapchat doing normal people things and go, oh, she's just like me. Like, remember when she had lip filler and she told the world that it was lip liner and liquid lipstick and everybody believed her and sold out her lip kits? Like, let's not forget that was an era in 
in our lifetime. Now, if someone said that to you, because we are so much more aware as consumers and regular people, like, no, no, it would never be. Like, never. Like, when last year, when JLo tried to say that her um, anti-aging secret was olive oil, everyone was like, yeah, try again, babe. Um, So everyone is very much, like, more turned on to the ways of the world. Um, so my favorite comment about this was that Kylie Jenner is cosplaying a poor person, which I thought was like hilarious, but also like a really accurate explanation of what is happening here. Like she's trying to be so relatable and she's just like you, but she's not just like you. She's not. Um, and I also saw a really, really interesting take, um, I can't remember who it was. I didn't save the video. I really should have because I would have loved to have given credit for this because it's really interesting. But likening Kylie Jenner and the Kardashian clan in general to Marianne Antoinette. Um, So if you don't know about Marianne Antoinette, um, it's a really famous um, story. So basically there was a lot of political unrest in France because basically the population had no money and they were starving. Yet, um, and this is a a very like glossed over summary, by the way, this is not a history class. Um, But do look it up because there's some really interesting documentaries about it, especially on YouTube if you want to watch something. Um, But then the the French monarchs, um, so Marianne Antoinette, were spending really lavishly behind the scenes. And when you look back at the pictures of this era, um, I think the clothes really tell you a lot about that. So when you Google like Marianne Antoinette, it's famously like, we've all seen like modern day depictions with like the curly wigs and the really extreme makeup and the bustles and the really ornate dresses. Like I would say if you're gonna think like over the top fashion, like that period of French fashion is like the most over the top I've ever seen. But it kind of, um, you know, you're seeing it in this kind of day and age 2022 like you've got your Met Gala and you've got your celebrities walking around kitted out in like head-to-toe Balenciaga that the average person couldn't even dream of buying um it's what I kind of talked about a few episodes back when we were discussing brands like Baby Fat where they found success with celebrities you know wearing their stuff on the catwalk and you know generally wearing it in daily life and the price point was affordable so you could really like wear the same thing as your favorite celeb now like think again like they're all sponsored like head to toe balenciaga head to toe um chanel head to toe saint laurent like you, you you're not buying that outfit babe like you do well to try and even like recreate it because it's so like ornate and different and clearly like high-end designer couture so it's a very similar vibe to like the the ornate and over-the-topness dressing of Marion Antoinette um so to take this kind of like a step further there's a really famous portrait of Marianne Antoinette that she had done what possessed her to do it I do not know um but she is depicted and so bear in mind what I said about her really really ornate gowns and way of dressing and her um crazy spending um she was depicted in like a regular kind of like peasant slash like maid style dress like a very very plain white kind of like smock maiden style dress with a ribbon and it was very very simple 
And I think the the vibe for this was like trying to depict her as more relatable and like at one with the people. Um, but it massively backfired and it was actually a huge insult to the, you know, the French population, which at the time had nothing and were literally starving and in poverty, like couldn't afford to eat, were dying of starvation. And she's like, I'm just like you, look at my peasant outfit. Um, so you know, long story short, I know it's taken a while to get here, but that just really draws parallel to how you're seeing specifically Kylie Jenner act on TikTok and Instagram stories. I'm just like you, look, I dropped my phone in my car too. Um, And now instead of it being like attainable and inspirational to people, people are finding it insulting um and they're finding it a bit of a joke that these people are kind of like trying to be just like us when actually the wealth divide is so great she's literally a billionaire she's not like you um she's like that also because you spent money on her lip kits um so yeah uh we'll wrap up that point but I thought that that was very interesting and definitely applies to um what we're seeing kind of as a societal and cultural shift you know our as I said our wealth divide is so huge like people are really struggling and especially in you know obviously there's been struggle in the world um forever you know our third world countries have always struggled but now we're seeing that trickle into our first world countries so obviously it's now relevant because the first world countries are now being um affected by poverty and by wealth divide and the the people who are sort of in the working classes and the poorer classes are getting poorer and poorer whilst the rich are getting richer and richer and obviously the kardashians are a a big symbol of this and people's attitude towards them whilst they used to be just like us they are no longer just like us then they are profiting off whatever we buy from them like without us buying their products they would not be in the position of wealth that they are in um and yet they are still doing stupid things all the time um which basically makes the general population think like do you think we're stupid or what question mark um so on that note in terms of buying products and building wealth and kind of rubbing it in your faces recently I don't know what the Kardashian strategy is behind the scenes but it is nuts there are so many brands I cannot keep up especially with Kim which is really surprising because when Kim and Kanye were together it was always very curated and it was very like everything had a reason and everything had like you know even with the cock up with trying to call skims kimono like it was it's very focused and it always seems like even though the products are cheap and obviously the markup is huge like we all know that that aside marketing wise it seems and feels relevant hence why people buy into it for example kim kardashian's a huge advocate of shapewear therefore she launched skims kylie jenner was known for her lips therefore she launched lip kits you know it's always that it has a relevance to them which was like okay great we've done the bare minimum but recently the 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 amount of brands is overwhelming like i think this year like kim has launched a private equity company um 
Courtney's now launched a vitamin thing. Uh, you've got like another version of 818 that's just dropped, which is like another launch. Um, and then you've got Kim being the ambassador or whatever it is for Dolce and Gabbana. Courtney's now done Boohoo. And then you've got like Travis Barker, which I know isn't a Kardashian, but is now married to Courtney, launching skincare. It's just constant and within such a short space of time. Like, I feel like I've got whiplash from it. I feel like every single time Kim Kardashian posts, it's trying to sell me something or it's a brand deal or it's a new launch or it's a new company or it's this or it's that. Like, it's a lot. I can't, I actually can't keep up. Um, And I feel like everything that they do at the moment, there's always an ulterior motive that always leads back to money, um, which obviously that was the motivator before, but recently it seems more prevalent than ever. So specifically, the Kourtney Kardashian Boohoo collaboration. Um, I mean, I could do a whole episode on this because I actually was, if I was a fan of any of them, I think Courtney was like maybe my favorite because um, I always felt that she was a bit more like level-headed and like maybe down to earth. I don't know. I don't know where I got that assumption from, but clearly not because she's taken on this role of sustainability ambassador for Boohoo, which is such like a bullshit role. Like that role it exists within the company because I also saw that the sustainability ambassador that came before Courtney quit the week that she announced the collaboration um but like for all of the things that she could have done to help climate change and help the planet and educate people on sustainability none of those things needed to be with boohoo which encourages excessive consumerism and you know tons of clothes going into landfill and clothes made out of crazy materials that are not good for our planet not even to mention you know the cost of labor this as I said it could be a whole episode in itself but you know don't sit there and tell me that this amazing collaboration that you've just done is all about sustainability and education no it's not because if that was the crux of the matter you could have done this in so many other ways especially with your wealth don't tell me you needed to do it with Boohoo because that is a eh, eh, wrong answer. Um, so for me, like that's obviously about money. Then you've got the Kim X Dolce and Gabbana <laughs> runway show in Milan. Again, I have so much to say about this. Um, I am not a fan of Dolce and Gabbana at all, um, based on their past of racist and homophobic comments. And put it this way, I am not here for cancel culture at all I'm not but I think when someone shows you who they are over and over and over again and we still continue to give them a platform with no consequences I I then get annoyed because I'm like they're not learning they're not evolving they're not interested in changing yet here we are continuously pushing them and celebrating them, especially in the media, which, you know, the more we talk about these brands like Dolce & Gabbana, the less airtime everybody else gets. Like, why couldn't we have had all of those articles about other amazing, you know, innovative brands that were at Milan Fashion Week that I would much rather read about, but instead I've got Dolce & Gabbana, Kim Kardashian shoved down my throat. Um, also it's just hilarious how they made a comment about the Kardashians a couple of years ago um, saying that they were like the cheapest people 
on the planet not a direct quote obviously um but along those lines and now a couple of years later because they keep getting cancelled because of their racist tendencies oh they bring in kim kardashian to bring them back from cancellation and make them relevant again like please like please and also for kim to go and partner with dolce and gabbana when she's just been the balenciaga ambassador for like what two years now she just jumped ship and then jumped straight in bed with Dolce and Gabbana of all people. Like, if there is actually no explanation for these moves apart from who's paying the highest check. Like, it's all about the check. And that's what frustrates me because, you know, you've got Kim and Kylie hoarding wealth, um, both as billionaires. And they're still making these ridiculous moves that benefits absolutely no one but themselves and their bank accounts. For what? You're already billionaires. Like, what's your problem? I don't get it. Like, wouldn't you rather do like really great brand deals with amazing brands that actually make sense at this stage, considering that you don't really need the money? Like, don't get me wrong, she would have gotten paid a pretty penny at Balenciaga. You know, there's, you know, there's no reason you know you you can evolve and go with another brand but why does it always have to be a case of the highest bidder honestly annoying and this isn't even the first time that they partnered with Dolce & Gabbana because obviously the Courtney Travis wedding was also sponsored by Dolce & Gabbana why are we pushing this Dolce & Gabbana narrative I do not understand well I do understand it's it's obviously about money and it's really 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 annoying um because they have the potential to do so much greatness for the world and for you know pushing people out there they've got this platform where they could really like give you know artists designers creatives give them that platform and instead they choose fucking Dolce & Gabbana of all people as you can tell I was really hating on that really was and I couldn't stand seeing it all over my feeds it was um super super annoying so yeah that was another reason why I'm actually um not being able to stand seeing them on my Instagram feed at the moment because they also stand next to Dolce & Gabbana so I've just checked my notes and there's a note here which is really relevant saying they keep doing the same thing um especially in terms of marketing and people can see straight through it but they keep continuing to do the same thing all the time like bad business decisions that are clearly just purely based on money and nothing else but they're trying to tell us it's something else marketing wise aka boohoo um but people know it's not like we know stop it like you're gonna have to change tact at some point another thing that's really bothering me and it's kind of um I'm very aware that this is a personal trigger um and I think it's really important when you're in the realm of social media to understand what is triggering to you personally and what is to do with the other person like for example um uh, I'm going to do a trigger warning here about um, eating disorders and body image. So if that bothers you, um, click out now. Um, but I, so I have, I used to suffer, um, it was never diagnosed, but was very obviously um, an eating disorder in my younger years. Um, I have always struggled with food and body image. And I think that was based um fundamentally in the fact that I was a dancer for most of my um sort of pre-adult to adult life um I only really left the dance industry when I was like 21 um and had been in it since I was two so 
I know a lot of people who have been in the dance industry have spoken about this, but it's kind of like a fundamental thing that we're all left with this like trauma around body image and eating. And I don't know what the answer is to that, but that's my personal point of view and my perspective. So the past few years, um, I've really done a lot of work mentally to get to a place where um, I haven't been thinking about... um, what I'm eating uh, any more than from a health perspective. So for example, I should eat this food because it's good for my body. That's the first time I've been able to view food that way um, probably my whole life. Um, I used to view food as like, um, oh, you have to kind of earn it. And I know a lot of people have that have had that or have that struggle with that mindset towards food um so anyway I've been in a really really good mental place for the past few years so I feel like I'm very strong and steady I'm also almost 30 so I have you know I've got wisdom and time on my side um but even I someone who is very very stable very very at peace um you know in my wiser years I'm finding the pictures of the dramatic weight loss of Kim and Chloe in particular um, especially triggering and I feel like if I'm feeling that way um, you know with my years of experience under my belt I cannot imagine how that is affecting um, people who are maybe currently in um, an eating disorder stage or are younger and are just more vulnerable and susceptible to it and I've got absolutely no um, problem or judgment around what other people do with their bodies you know weight loss anything like that I do feel like it is actually none of anybody's business but what is um, quite triggering to me is the the rate of which it happened and also the publicizing of it so for Kim in particular it all stemmed from the Met Gala where she dropped like however much weight to fit into the Marilyn Monroe dress which you know there's lots of arguments for that around oh well actors do the same thing for roles this is her role yep I get it but when you are standing at the top of the Met Gala steps and you have your opportunity you know to talk to the journalists talk to Vogue um, the emphasis being on I lost this much weight to fit into this dress when so many people um, aspire to have the same body image as Kim Kardashian um, you know why is that the emphasis like there could have been so many other things that she could have said in that moment but instead it was made about weight loss um, and again I, I do have uh, conflicting views on that because I think like you know she's within her right is her body she should be able to do what she wants but I think when you are her level of celebrity especially when there is such emphasis on her body body like for example let's look at the the bbl trend um so obviously since kim kardashian's sort of reign as in celebrity the percentage of bbl surgeries has gone through the roof why because people want to look like her and i think that is perfectly understandable you know she's seen as this like symbol this icon you know this like perfect woman this sex symbol so other girls are trying to emulate that and that means going under the knife for this like super super risky surgery so if people are willing to do that now that she's decided to drop a shed ton of weight in basically like a matter of months which 
I don't care what anybody says it cannot be healthy like I know she said she did it in a healthy way but I just don't see how that is even possible I may be wrong I'm not a nutritionist but I don't see how it's possible um and I can't help but think you know we've seen this boost of BBL surgeries going through the roof like what is going to happen on the flip side of this and I know a lot of people have been referencing the 90s and the heroin chic era um you know where it was all about really really low really skinny jeans and there was the scene kids that were like super super skinny and anorexia was like the main issue among like teenagers I just worry for like what's coming next considering that this woman who is famous for lots of things obviously but is so famous for her body image is doing this so publicly um you know I've seen so many posts recently about her arms in particular like obviously because she's lost so much weight she has these like tiny tiny skinny arms which seem to be shown off in every single outfit that I'm seeing recently like picture wise um and I'm seeing so many videos on TikTok of girls being like how do I get those arms and the answer is lose a shit ton of weight you know there's nothing you can do in the gym that is going to make your arms look like that that is a result of losing a ton of weight um and it's not just Kim it's Chloe as well and I I often look at the comments on these kind of videos and pictures because I'm interested to see public perception of what what is going on here and the comments are flooded with she looks incredible you know oh my god she looks so good this and that which I don't know like to me it just feels super worrying of like what's to come especially for teenage girls and you know I I really want to make it clear this is not um you know it's not her uh problem like it's not she's not responsible for what other people do but I think when you're that level of celebrity especially when your celebrity revolves around your body and how you look you have a level of responsibility to you know a be honest about what you've done and b have the awareness that other people are going to copy you um so yeah that has been like a a personal trigger for me and I've actually considered um unfollowing them because I have noticed a change in my own mind like you know those old thoughts have been starting to creep back in um because I'm seeing these these images uh all the time obviously because they're constantly everywhere um so you know I might even unfollow uh just for that or even like mute them but obviously because they are such big marketing moguls and kind of like the leader of all things you know marketing and branding and all that jazz I do feel the need to kind of keep looking at what they're doing but at the same time I I I personally find it quite harmful so I do think kind of to conclude this um we're starting to see the unraveling of the you know the positiveness and the love towards the Kardashians um like I've made a note here which said yeah they're still selling product but for how long you know how long are we gonna see this like hysteria around everything that they launch and you know these sold out this and that um you know because I do feel there is a cultural shift where people are over it and because they keep taking these brand deals on top of that which are really inauthentic it's making the situation worse for them um, and I feel like it's accelerating it 
Um, I also feel like there is a kind of curtain being lifted on what maybe the Kardashians could have controlled before because obviously they're known to have a hugely controlled PR presence. Um, I feel like we're starting to see the behind the scenes of that now. Like an example of that was... um, Ray J who came forward last week who obviously was Kim Kardashian's partner in the sex tape that launched her career um kind of saying that he's had enough of them lying and kind of putting this negativity on his name that is now starting to really affect his personal relationships and his business relationships because there was actually a contract in place to release that sex tape and they actually made three different versions so that they could pick the right one um so he's actually said he's planning to sue them over this and I think even little things like this that put doubt into the public's mind that they are you know constantly lying to us and constantly manipulating us um they're going to really struggle to get that back I feel um especially when you've got people like Kanye West around who doesn't care and just says the truth which I actually kind of live for sometimes even though I don't agree with how he goes about it um it is interesting to see that you know that veil lifted um but yeah those are my thoughts on kind of everything going on with them at the moment I do think they're going through a really interesting shift um obviously they've just launched their season two um of the Kardashians I've been saying Kardashian for 32 minutes and then I just struggled in the last like five. Um, So season two has just come out and I do feel like when the seasons are running, they kind of like, they find a way to like win back like public um perception so we'll see you know there might be a a change in the air but I feel like specifically with the the huge spectacle of Kim Kardashian for Dolce & Gabbana I'm not I I don't know I feel like everybody is feeling a bit negative towards them at the moment but yeah those are my thoughts um if you have any thoughts come and let me know over on Instagram at the PR department podcast and I will see you next time